In this episode of BTS, we're talking about BTS's comeback for Map of the Soul Persona. But before we get into that, we have some exciting announcements for you. If you guys still want to meet us at any of the concerts, you can head over to our website at btspod.com. That's B-T-Y-E-S-P-O-D.com for more information and all of the details. And if you don't even have tickets to the concert, well, we have a surprise for you. We're giving away a few sets of concert tickets to the Speak Yourself Tour in the United States. And if you are interested in going and winning some free tickets, all you have to do is leave a five-star review on any platform that you listen to our podcast on. And then in that same email, just tell us why you want to go to a BTS concert and you have a chance at winning these free tickets. So good luck. And if you want more details about how all of this is going to work, just go to btspod.com. Let's get it. persona the comeback (laughs) yeah I don't think we were ready I even if we would have tried to prepare ourselves I don't think we were actually ready for a comeback we did a little bit of research and knew we would get a lot of content but it's just it's been so much yeah like you know what I don't know why I thought I could try to do it all (laughs) I mean even with how I consume BTS content normally I just you know portion it out I partition it whatever you want to say like because there's just so much you know but I thought that's because that's all been in the past you know and now that it was going to be recent and happening I thought I would be able to keep up with it but I think I got to a point where I hit a wall and I was like well I'm out, (laughs) not out completely, but, you know, I'm out of the running for seeing everything. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I was trying to stay up for all of the music shows and the first weekend, there's more than one weekend, by the way, the first weekend there were, it was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it was early morning in like, I don't know, like 72 hours. I'd had a total of like eight hours of sleep combined. and It took me all week last week to get caught up. And then there was another weekend and I just couldn't. And, you know, I kind of felt bad at first that I didn't stay up the first night I stayed up. But then I was like, you know what? BTS would want me to sleep. They wouldn't want me to tire myself out. Plus, we're going to these concerts. We're going to see them in person. And if I get sick or get, I don't know, something before these concerts, I'm going to be really mad at myself for wanting to stay up and watch these concerts on a recording when I'm going to go see them live and I don't want to jeopardize that in any way. And they're all recorded so I can see them the next day and watch the performances and see them in HD instead of watching these streams that cut in and out and maybe missing them. But it's just been, it's been so much. And I had to just tell myself to take a step back. I cannot see everything. I don't have to see everything because there is so much and, you know, I'm going to see what I'm going to see. I'll have to be happy with that. And I have been so far. So I've been really excited. I liked all these performances. 
Yeah, I guess. We're, yeah, let's just jump right in. Like, there's a lot. So, <laughs> oh, before we do, I just want to say I totally agree. Um, I I stayed up and watched some live because, like, I happened to be up and Molly would let me know. I'm like, if I'm up, then I will. If I'm not, then I'll try to just catch it the next day. But even the recordings, like, the next day, sometimes I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> I don't know if I can, like, there's just so many. <laughs> Uh, so, wow, yeah. So let's get into what's really exciting, which is a performance, a live performance of Dionysus. I really, 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 really hope they do this on the tour. They're very silly and joke around a lot. And I know their last pre-recording, they were making jokes and saying, oh, how sad. This is the last time we're going to perform Dionysus and all this stuff. And then our savior, Yungi quietly says into his mic he's like well it's on the tour set list (laughs) and all the other guys were like wait why did you say that don't tell everybody that and I would I think we knew because it has a fan chant too and it has choreography they have to be doing it on the tour but so many people initially didn't like Dionysus on the album and after seeing the performance I saw a lot of tweets that were like you know Dionysus wasn't my favorite but after seeing the choreography it's my favorite song now it's great because it's a different side of them it's not as polished even now like even after they've done it a couple times Eric and I were kind of talking that the very first performance was very rough, but even I feel like the last one, even though it's a little more polished, it still has that edge to it, but so does the song. So it's really great. And it's, it's a little more definitely like rock and roll and I love it and I can't get enough of it. Yeah. Dionysus. Um, I love it live performed, but like you said, when I've watched that first performance, it was like rough. And I was like, you know, this feels like the first time I'm seeing BTS not be like perfect, which means they're still like amazing and better than like everybody else on the planet. But for them, I could tell it was a little rough. And I didn't know if it was because, you know, this is not the type of choreography that they're used to, to be honest. Like there are a lot of moving parts and pieces and like you know, the staging was all over the place. Like you have to be up on this platform and then down over here and this platform moves and this comes together for a table and then you have chairs and then you have a door and then you have this. So like, that's a lot going on. And I don't know how much time they had like before the, you know, that performance to like do it. Like, cause honestly, we can't even keep up with watching them do this stuff. So I don't even know how they have time to actually do this stuff, let alone practice and train and prepare for it. So I don't know how much time that they had to do like the staging and, you know, actually go through all of that. Um, But that was like the roughest I had ever seen them. That being said, I totally agree with you. I think it's kind of a rough sort of thing. And unlike their other choreography as well, like this isn't meant for them to do it all like imperfect, perfect synchronicity. Like where they have, because like if you look at like DNA or Idol or whatever, you can see them like, place their legs and their feet and their head position and their arms all in like the same sort of place and this is like a lot looser so it's more of like Mm -hmm. do the move but do your own thing with the move Mm -hmm. and so like that's just what the song is and what it calls for um but yeah no I love it and I love that it has like tears so like 
it starts off at the first stage, which is like, okay, no, 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 you know, <laughs> you like my <laughs> Korean. Uh, anyway, um, and then they kind of like move during the course. And then the next one, it gets a little bit bigger. And then on the third one, it's like super wild. And it's just so much fun. I was watching a version of the performance yesterday. I'm trying to remember which one it was because I've seen so many at this point. Oh, they were wearing white. So it was actually from their first one, but it was a different take. Also, watching these performances isn't enough for the comeback. They'll release also new angles and also zoomed in performances or versions of like one member. So I've been watching those too. So really I've been watching these performances several times and whatever. Anyway, they released a different version of the first performance of Dionysus when they're wearing the white. And this was called a one take version. So what I'm guessing is that they recorded the one that we saw with maybe different takes, like pieced it together. Um, So they did this one all one take, right? I knew it was different because RM's uh, cape doesn't get caught in his like staff, mm-hmm. which I'm like, why didn't they keep this version <laughs> if they're going to splice it together? Okay. Anyway, if you can go to Bangtang TV, which is uh, the official BTS YouTube channel and look for it because Jimin is so wild on the second part of this song. And you know, I love wild Jimin. Basically, <laughs> We've alluded to this before that Jimin can get wild with his dancing. This is when he feels like a little freer and he's not as choreographed. He gets yes. like really <laughs> out there. His hair is everywhere. He's just moving his body like how he feels. And I love it. I live for it. I love it. So this version, I understood why they like didn't keep it because I was like, Jimin is wild AF. <laughs> he, <laughs> He gets to, because you know that part where, like, okay, it's like Jungkook, J-Hope, and I think, is it V? I don't know. The the three of them, like, break down and dance, and then the group comes together, and then Jimin kind of breaks off, and he does his own, like, little move. It's like that. Well, right after that, he kind of, like, goes real crazy. And I played it over and over again, because I loved it. I'm like, he, oh, I loved it. But I like it, because... If you look at their choreography for the any of the stuff that they've been doing this era, it's very it's a lot looser, like in looser and feeling. And I think this is like, again, about persona. It's kind of like letting themselves be free and letting themselves just be themselves. And so you right. can see even at the choreography, even like boy, you know, boy with love is like a little simpler. And they also don't do it like to perfection. Like they all have their own like take on it. Yeah, I I know we've talked in length about dance breaks in there when they do the medleys at the concerts when Jimin, Wild Jimin comes out. And it's nice to see that because he is always so polished and choreographed and he's such a perfectionist, as we saw, like in Burn the Stage. And like if he messes up, he's like, oh, I messed up. But when he does something like this, I feel like he can just be like you said, he can be free and feel like, okay, it doesn't have to be perfect. If I do this step a little bit differently, it doesn't matter because everyone's doing it a little bit differently and putting their own flair into it. And while I love like DNA and not today and idol and those perfect choreographed routines, I love to see stuff like this because it is more real and it's more raw. And with the song, it just matches the song so perfectly. I love to see the different takes on some of the members because there's certain parts like 
on some of the um on some of the performances the cameraman wasn't doing so great <laughs> or like the angles were I don't know were different and it's like they get really close up and then you can't see the whole move and um the very first performance when they do the little squat down on the ground and they do the little thing and then they get back up and do the spin and go down into their little push-up move you can't even really see that in the first performance so when they did it in the second performance they panned out and you could see everyone doing it and I'm like man this move is so cool why didn't they show that in the first one it is kind of cool though because every performance seems a little different um even though they're doing the same songs over and over they also did boy with love and we'd already seen that choreography from the music video and then from Saturday Night Live, they did the full choreographed version, but getting to see that and they have different outfits in each one and all that is great. Um, but I do want to give props for Dionysus. You were saying like all the moving pieces, these backup dancers not only have to dance, they have to know where all of these pieces go. They have to move these chairs, do all this stuff like they're pushing these. Uh, that stuff's probably not light. It's got a whole grown men on it so that stuff's probably I mean it's on wheels but still like I feel like their dancers res- sorry I, was no. gonna say, I feel like the dancers resume has to be like able to dance as well as able to lift and build sets <laughs> like yes like so oh crazy I'm I'm interested to see how they will do that live though if they'll like change up stuff or if they'll have the set out there like what they're gonna do because really I'm trying to think in the love yourself tour none of them really have any props other than V but all he has is a coat rack and a robe <laughs> <laughs> so I'm interested, <laughs> I'm interested to see how they do that live if they are gonna have all the moving pieces or they're gonna like improvise and change those parts like- up a little bit because that's a I'm lot of stuff to haul to, all over the world, too. To haul and for them to move. And, like, I'm scared. Like, I'm scared every time they even just p- perform Dionysus. Because, like, at the end when they do that one step up, like, that one, like, step and sit, like, I'm already scared with that. And so doing it on different stages and stadiums, like, really scares me. So if they could, like, do it on a set of pillows or something, <laughs> <laughs> I'd really like that. But I do hope that they really do Dionysus. And you know, the crowd is going to lose their mind. I know. Oh, I, I mean, honest. so, okay. Part of me has also slowed down on the comeback stuff because, like, I'm gearing up for concert mode, right? And I'm like, okay, I just, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just weird. And I every time I see them perform live, I'm like, I am going to absolutely lose my mind seeing them in person like it's it hasn't hit me yet no it's gonna hit me at the stadium when a fan hits me over the head because like I've lost my mind (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do like I have never passed out at a concert or anything but I feel like if I would, this probably would be the time for this to happen. <laughs> oh, definitely. I've been to some concerts, not a ton of concerts. I've never been to one like of this scale of anyone that's been like this big and this popular. So I really don't know how I'm gonna t- how I'm gonna handle it. And I've never loved anyone like I love them either. So it's it's gonna be a very interesting experience. So. 
let's talk a little bit about Boy With Love, because when you talk about the comeback, you kind of have to, because this is the song that they're mainly performing everywhere. It's fun because they change up Boy With Love a little bit every time, and they're getting more and more loose with this one, too. And I really noticed, because I watched the whole show of all the shows, and except for the last one, I think, um, a lot of these other groups are newer groups. They're not as well-known as BTS. And they're doing like this perfect choreography. They're very serious, even if it's like a fun song. And then BTS gets up there. And the first two performances were were pretty, even though Dionysus was a little rough, it was still like very serious. By their last performance, Boy With Love, they were just like being silly. And V was making faces the whole time. And they're doing their finger hearts. And the very last one was actually my favorite performance out of all of them that they did because they were a little more loose and it's like they're at their concert. It's like they're doing it for ARMY, which they are because they're only recording it for ARMY um, in the pre-recording. It's just fun to see them have so much fun with it and change things up a little bit because they are performing over and over and over the same things. And so I feel like it would get boring to them too. So for them to be able to change up a couple of moves or to like do this a little bit differently just probably makes it seem like they're doing something a little different, even if it's kind of subtle. But I love to see them perform this because they have so much fun doing it. And it's such a upbeat, happy message song. And I don't know, I, I like it every time, more every time I see it. Yeah. So I have a few observations about like Boy With Love and just the comeback in general. So one observation, I got to get this one out of the way, is this is when Jungkook really shines to me. When he's in like this type of stage, he like knows how to look at the camera and like every dance move, he knows how to look. And he really, really stands out to me so much in these. And it reminds me of when we first kind of fell down the rabbit hole and we're like, at first, like in like the music videos, let's say that we didn't really like notice him. But then when we were watching the live performances, we were like, wait, where did he come from? And Jungkook is doing it again. And I can't help but my have my eyes like just go to him. He just is very captivating as a performer. And he has just such great energy. And again, his eyes just are like sparkly. The second thing I wanted to say is that I really noticed that what I think is really cool and I didn't understand or know about comebacks before is that they use a lot of the pictures or a lot of the fashion from the photo shoots and from the concepts and everything in their performances. So it's always fun as an army to be like, oh, that's what they wore in like concept one. Oh, that's what they are wearing in the music video in this scene or in this scene. And like, you can just tell each place, like they have like that concept from a scene or whatever, and they bring it like to life. And when we weren't army yet, that's not anything I would have noticed. It's just like another outfit, you know, it's like, oh, okay, they're wearing this outfit, but it's really fun to see like, oh no, that these have references. It's not just wearing something it's thought was put into this. And then we've seen them somewhere else with this before. And like, that's really fun. I wouldn't have noticed before either. And we've gone and watched a lot of these performances from their music shows, from other comebacks and everything. And that's not something that we would have noticed, but I definitely noticed when they did that performance of Dionysus when they were in their concept four outfits and Hobie has on his pink pants and his red and black striped shirt, which is one of my favorite outfits on him. And I'm like, yep, like I could spot that from anywhere. We know exactly what it's from. And it's cool that they do stuff like that, too. 
um, and bring some of those elements into their performances. And, you know, there might be people in other fandoms that see them perform that don't know or haven't seen it. Um, And to them or to New Army, it's just kind of like, oh, whatever. But to people who have gotten these concept photos and bought the albums, then it's kind of like a special little thing for them. And I got a comment on the Jungkook thing. (laughs) His little ending fairy moments in Boy With Love were killing me. Absolutely. Really? Oh, killing me. No, I'm not getting wrecked. wrecked. (laughs) I'm, I'm not getting wrecked. But he did test. He did test me. But you're right. Like, if you go look at a music video, I feel like Jimin and Hobie kind of draw my attention because they're more focused on, I don't know, they're like, they're more focused on the dancing and even like Jin and V because they're, I feel like they're really good actors and a lot of their music videos are focused on the storyline. But yeah, when you see Jungkook do a live performance, he's just like, yep, I'm here. Look at me. I'm Jungkook. Watch me. I'm over here. Sometimes you just can't take your eyes off of him because of how he is. I can't wait to see them at the BBMAs. And I feel like he performs even better, like, in America. <laughs> I was going to say, speaking of someone who performs better in the U.S., I think that's V. V is definitely a person who is, like, very performance by performance. And I don't mean that, like, that he ever has, like, a bad performance. That's not what I mean at all. But I mean, like, you can tell when he, like, feels even extra like sparkly or extra fun or extra energetic and I feel like he gets that way especially when he's performing in the United States but I have to say like I don't talk about V that much but his moves or the way he does his moves in the boy with love choreography are some of my favorite favorites and so when I'm not watching Jung Cook's sparkle at the camera um i'm watching v i love when he does that little like knee move what they do with their arms you know i don't know how to describe it in regular vocabulary i don't know without like doing it but i love when v does it and i can't like look at anyone else but v when they do it yeah he i started watching him more recently um i think actually when the music video came out and we were talking about watching it seven times and like focusing on each member And I started focusing on him more during his performances and like watching some other videos. He isn't like the standout dancer, but if you watch him, he does everything with with such ease and he just looks like he he's very fluid. And, you know, where Jimin is like really sharp and we know he's like classically trained and J-Hope's a very like fluid mover and dancer, too. But his is in a different way. V just looks like. I don't know. It's so natural and he's dancing, but it looks like he's not dancing. Like he just, how he like moves his body and especially in boy with love, that's definitely how some of those dance moves are for him. He's actually, he's a really good dancer and I like to focus on him sometimes and watch him dance because he's not like the natural standout when it comes to dancing. But if you watch him his facial expressions are my favorite too. When we um, went to see the love yourself in soul movie like his facial expressions just kill me when he when he's performing and yeah i i can't wait to see him in the states i think he kind of comes into his own and he feels really comfortable because he does do all these little like subtle nuances and and we eat it up so he gets a good response yeah i love v and i totally agree with you i feel like this really suits his 
style, his dance style. So it just looks so good on him. Um, and he just looks like such at ease with it. And he really carries the music video and also a lot of the performances. And by carries, I don't mean like, obviously, all the other guys are amazing in it too. Um, but I just feel like he really stands out on these particular songs or on this particular song, especially. Oh, so one thing I also wanted to say about the outfits is that um, I do feel like they are a nod to ARMY for ARMY to like kind of be like looking out like, oh, we noticed that, you know, because we're not like casual fans. So we understand and see the outfits and see how they are in place. But one performance I noticed had an outfit that I don't think was supposed to be there. And I am talking about the performance of Boy With Love, one of the first ones, maybe second or third one, where they were all wearing these, like, zoot suits. And RM shows up in, like, jeans and his old band jacket. And I think if you look at the CDs, right, or you look at, like, the albums, and they each have, like, four versions of the concepts, right? We've talked about the concept photos. And there's one concept, which I believe is number three, that is, like, them in their, like, lounge clothes or pajamas, right? That's exactly what RM was wearing at that performance. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, we talked about that on uh, the concept photo episode that we did when it looks like everyone's in pajamas and then RM is in like jeans and a band jacket. And we're like, (laughs) this doesn't really match everyone else's concept photos either. You know, the outfit would have been fine. It just stood out so much because everyone else was in these kind of oversized suits. And I know uh, Jimin had mentioned during the pre-recording that his was big on him and it was a baggier suit. And he, you know, Jimin normally wears very fitted stuff. And he was like, I don't know how it was going to look. And RM assured me that it looked really good. And and it did because everyone else was like cohesive. It was a little bit bigger suit. They had like the loose tie hanging off and things like that. Um, and then yeah, RM is in his, he looked good in it, but it just didn't go with everything. Go with the rest of the group. So it yeah. made me think, like, okay, Detective Army. I was like, did something, like, happen? RM's known to be, like, clumsy. I'm like, what if right before the performance he, like, spilled, like, a ton of, like, I don't know. I was going to say spaghetti, but he's probably not eating spaghetti. But <laughs> spilled, like, a <laughs> bunch of food all over the suit. And they're like, we got to go. We have to record this now. Well, you got to wear what you came here in. Oh, I came here in my loungewear pajamas. Well, the show must go on. So here you go. It's either that or like a big, you know, bolognese stain on the front of your like suit. (laughs) So like this is like the fan fiction that's like happening in my head of like behind the scenes of like, why is RM performing in his pajamas? I think he should have gone with this suit with a stain on it. I think that would have been great. (laughs) Well, I mean, if he would have done that, at least we would have known the story. Because all I was thinking was like, why? Why is he wearing this other outfit? Like, what is happening? Because it it's not remotely like any of the others. And, like, I don't know what if one of the suitcases got mixed up or, like, you know, some something somewhere happened. And so it was kind of fun, like, just thinking about it in my head. And it also was, like, made me think everybody on their team and all of the guys are humans, you know. And they have so many shows and so many performances. And it is a thing of, like, you just have to do it you just have to keep going like we don't have time to maybe get a new outfit made or to find a replacement or you know we don't have anything else so you just have to do it and I just really hope that they 
like, I know they're perfectionists, so I really hope they didn't, like, beat themselves up after this or, like, RM didn't, like, get too critical on himself or, like, any of the production. Like, it happens. It's not a big deal. Life goes on. And I don't even know if most people noticed it. I just know that when I was watching there, it's like, that's the same outfit from the pajama concept. What? <laughs> I know. I noticed that it wasn't the same, but you were the one that brought it to my attention that it was the same. And then I started looking at that jacket and I'm like, that looks really familiar. <laughs> so <laughs> who knows? Maybe one day we'll ask him. That's what I'm going to ask him at a fan sign. Hey, remember that performance of Boy With Love when you didn't match anyone? What happened? What's the story? Yes. Now we have a unique question. Although... Uh, army out there listening don't steal our question <laughs> by the time we get to him he's like I've been asked this like 50 times <laughs> sorry sorry we thought we were original so yeah so that's Boy With Love I don't think anything else oh one thing I did want to say about Boy With Love so you were talking about Jungkook's ending fairy pose of like the I love you sign so I was reading online and I thought it was really cool they were saying how like at the end of like we are bulletproof or at the very beginning of bts like they would end they ended like the song with like a gun pose right like the two fingers up and the l like how they how they all end this song but then it's boy with love so it's like it's changed into love and so they do like kind of that i don't know if it's an inner i think it's international for i love you but i know at least in the united states it's I love you in American sign language. And I think that it extends to other languages and cultures too, but not everywhere, but in a lot of places. And so I thought that was very interesting. And I didn't put two and two together until I read that because I knew that they were doing the I love you, but I'm like, why are they doing the American I love you rather than the like little two finger one that they normally do. That's like, kind of like putting their index finger and their thumb together. You know, like we see a lot of K-pop artists do. So I thought that was cool. So yeah, they end like that, but then Jungkook like changes it. Although I did see in um, one of the performances that they had Jin do it. So I thought that was really cute. <laughs> and Jimin did one too. I forget which which performance it was, but Jimin was the ending fairy in one of them also. And his was really cute. I just, I love them. No, I love them so much, too. And, like, they always brighten up my day. And, you know, if I go a little while without, like, seeing them or whatever, um, and then I get in a bad mood, like, they can really cheer me up. So I totally still believe the whole thing about love cruxes, like, soulmate things. And um, actually, speaking of that, I'm going to actually transition a little bit into something else. So we talked about this a little bit with the last episode where they came out with the Boy With Love music video. But because we recorded that episode pretty much the same time that Persona came out, we I don't know that we really discussed them breaking the record. But when all was said and done, they broke the record for the most views in 24 hours by a music artist or a video in general, I think, on YouTube which was, what was the final result? Because I know that they took some some views off. So I think the final was like 76 or 78 million. I think it was 78. I forget the exact. It was 78 point something. But um, I know there's a couple of people who changed their names on Twitter to like 78 million, whatever the number was. So so I know it was 78, but I forget what the the rest of it was. So it's in that upper 70s, which really shattered the record by 
like 20 something million. I think Blackpink had just gotten it a few, about a week prior with Kill This Love. And before that, um, it was Ariana Grande with Thank You Next. So she had gotten it with about like 50 million, almost 49 million, 49 and a half. Okay. So the reason I'm bringing this up because one, it's relevant. Yay. Congratulations to BTS. I also think they just broke the record for the most views quickest to 100 million as well and it's really great to help them be a part of history and i know that the armies that dedicated their time and energy including myself and you as well in watching this video we're doing it because we want to give them a gift it's a gift that will really matter and it's an accolade that helps put them boost them to prominence and relevance in like places where they're not being spoken about like in terms of like the United States. It's really something that people can point to and be like, oh, wow, no, they really are major. They really are heavyweight. It's terms that like Americans can understand at least um, because still K-pop is not really a mainstream thing here. And it's just starting to trickle over to mainstream and everything like that. But stuff that people can understand like, oh, a lot, like a hundred million YouTube views. Wow. That's that's relevant. That's really amazing. So the reason I also wanted to bring this up is because Taylor Swift just recently released a video. As you all know, if you've been listening, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan, but I, it was so weird for me to go through this now being a BTS fan, right? Because first of all, I wasn't even really aware that she was like, I knew she was sort of about to release new music, but I wasn't really aware that aware of when it was happening. And I was kind of out of the game or out of the like, you know, discussion of this. And then she did release her video and I did watch it like within like a few hours of her releasing it. But I had this sense of like loyalty to BTS. So I was like, one, I don't want to watch this video again within this 24-hour period because I'm not going to do anything to take away from BTS's record, which I know can seem like a little immature because it's like, okay, I am in my 30s. Like, you can like whoever you want to like. You can watch videos. But I also didn't have this, like, drive to want to watch it the way that I did with, like, Look What You Made Me Do by her. If you know anything about Taylor Swift, that's a really good cinematic video, and it's one of the ones that broke the record before BTS came and broke it with Idol. And then the other thing is, is that, like, I kind of felt like she was taking from a lot of K-pop aesthetics. I felt like it was very much like Boy With Love. And I understand that they're coming out within enough time of each other that it's not necessarily that she, like, copied from that specific video. But I very much think she's doing, like, a K-pop aesthetic sort of thing. And that kind of made me feel a little... I don't know how I felt about it. So it's just very interesting to see like how I've shifted in making room in my life for BTS and that's meant that other things have had to shift and that includes like my passion for Taylor Swift yeah I I didn't watch it um I'm not a huge fan of Taylor I like a lot of her older music um and I know we had talked about this she got a lot of views in the very first few hours and some people were like oh no it's like is she gonna come and break the record and whatever but I feel like she doesn't have <laughs> the team of people like army are behinding being like okay let's have streaming parties let's do this let's do this hers is a little more organic when it comes to all the views um like we were talking about reputation and things like that 
Um, because it's like, oh, this is a really interesting video. And with BTS, it's like, Boy With Love's not really like an interesting, they do have some really interesting music videos that I feel like could have been more organic, but Boy With Love, it's like, okay, this is really important to us. It's really important to them. We're wanting to get them the top social artists at the BBMAs. Let's show why they deserve it. Um, breaking all these records on a social site like YouTube and showing the power of the fans and not just like, we're not just screaming fangirls. Like we want to help them break these records. We want to do these things for them. And it's not because they're cute or because whatever reason, like it's because we really care about them. And you can see that because Taylor has a huge following. She has a lot of fans, but they aren't standing behind her. Like army is with BTS and saying, let's get this record. Let's do this. Why? Because the relationship we have with BTS is special and important. And we want to get these things for them because we know it's going to mean something to them. I know I am proud of us. I'm proud of them. And I'm glad that it's something we could do for them. As we talk about a lot, we don't have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with them because they are so big. So I feel like these are the types of things that we can do to show them how much we do care about them. For ARMY, we see it as like a gift for the guys, especially because we're not in Korea. We're not over. We can't like it's different. We're distant, you know what I mean? So we have to do certain things to like signal our love for them or whatever. Right. Whereas I think for Taylor, it's more of like, like you said, I think it is one organic. If you look at her followers on YouTube, she has, she has 33 million, I think. And BTS has 17 million and like about 10 of those million or like 7 million of those came after Boy With Love was released, you know? So they're really kind of growing in relevance really quickly right now, but they're at the beginning of this like sort of journey in terms of like mainstream relevance here. Whereas like for Taylor, it's kind of like another day, another record, you know? So it's more about keeping her at the top and being like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Like, let's try to break this record for her. But I don't think it's like as heartfelt of like what it means. I don't know. I just find it very interesting. But I don't want to say that, like, you know, every fandom is different. I think the thing, though, is hearing you express your passion and stuff about it really signifies that we are on the inside of this thing with BTS, right? Like, we have both expressed since the beginning of this journey that we've never felt this way. And I felt like I felt similarly to this with NSYNC, but I feel like it surpassed it than what it was with NSYNC. And um, for me, and to the point of, like, Molly, honestly, and everybody listening, <laughs> honestly, I heard that there may be rumors of NSYNC maybe getting back together. And before BTS, that was, like, all that I wanted, all that I could, like, hope for. And I was like, I will drop as much money as needed to go see them. And now I'm like, that's great. And I might still, like, really try to see them. But it's just not the same because, like, I feel so different when it comes to BTS. Anyway, to sum all this up, I just wanted to kind of put out the comparison of Taylor Swift because I am a big Taylor Swift fan. It feels different because like, I think there are levels of being in a fandom where you can be like a casual fan and then you can be like a pretty dedicated, devoted fan and then you can be whatever. And then there's like ARMY, right? Where it's like at this level that I didn't really know existed. Yeah, that actually goes into something I've been wanting to talk about today, 
that was really upsetting me, and it kind of goes in with the comeback and everything. There's always going to be negative stuff. There's always going to be people who bash BTS, who are they call the aunties that are like, okay, they're just making troll accounts to like put them down and do things like that. But when I see actual BTS accounts that are like, they look like their Stan accounts, their name is like, I love Jimin and their picture is Jimin and their bio is Jimin everything. And then they're commenting negative things either about BTS or big hit. It just makes me question things. And are they really army or are they just fans? Are they on the bandwagon? Like, what is going on? And this all has to do with the concert merch that just got released and with the new DVDs that they're coming out with from the Love Yourself tour. And uh, in the Love Yourself European tour, we all know we commented a lot about this, talked about this on the podcast, um, Jungkook's injury and everything that happened. I feel like it was such an emotional time for all of them, um, good and bad. So much happened. And in the teaser trailer, they show just a little snippet of Jungkook crying when he's on the stage. And they show a picture of V or a little video of V crying. And there's people posting, going around saying like, oh, why would Big Big Kid do this? Are they just trying? They're using the boys to make money and all of this stuff. And then on people are posting pictures of the pop-up shop merch. Um, There's going to be obviously the merch stuff at the venue, but there's also going to be pop-up stores in every city. And it's going to have exclusive merchandise. And Erica and I actually like a lot of it. And um, so do a lot of my other friends that I've been talking to with. But there's people saying that they could design it better, that there's other armies that could design it better, or they can make better shirts themselves or do all this. It's like, okay, if you can, then do it. Make better shirts, send your resume to Big Hit along with your designs and apply for a job. If your actual army, like, do you really think Big Hit is not consulting BTS on any of this stuff? Do you really think they would put out a DVD with Jungkook being emotional without him knowing? You know he knows exactly what is on that DVD. He might not know every single step, but they're not going to put out a DVD and a trailer with him bawling his eyes out and bearing his soul to millions of people without his knowledge. Big Hit only has three people under them, and they're not like some of these other big companies that have 10 or 12 groups under them that they can't keep track of. They have three groups underneath them, and one of them is just one person. They care about BTS. BTS has asked us multiple times to trust them. That also means trusting Big Hit and the things that they release and that the guys have either approved it or seen it. And it just... I'm actually getting really mad again thinking about it because it it goes to that. Are you really an army or are you just a fan? Are you following BTS because they're big and you're just trying to get followers? And it's not an age thing either. You know, you could say, oh, well, maybe it's younger people. Well, two of my really good army friends are in their early 20s and they feel the same as I do about it. And so I know it's not an age thing. And it it just really frustrates me. To see, because most of the people that I have actually met and interacted with have been so great and have become really close friends. And it can be a family if you let it be. But if you're posting all these negative things, you're bashing the company that 
the people you supposedly love work for, you're in turn bashing BTS. And that's just, that doesn't sit well with me. And I normally don't like talking about negative things, but it just, it's been really weighing heavily on me today. Um, and I just wanted to bring that up that if you're one of these people, if you're a newer army um, and you see things like this, do your research before you engage, before you say things and say, oh yeah, you're right. Like I could do better or big hit needs to think about BTS more. Do your research before you do that and stop and think why you actually like BTS. Are you listening to their music and their lyrics or are you just in it for to be to feel like you're part of something? If you listen to their lyrics, you get to know who they are. You will in turn become a part of something and you will become part of the army family. You won't just be a person in a sea of millions of fans. You'll feel like you're part of a family. You actually touched on a lot of things that evoke a lot of thoughts in me. So I'm going to try to say this as eloquently as possible, but they're all like new thoughts that are kind of springing up. But the first thing I want to address is like, um, I actually want to kind of go back a little bit and tie it into what I was saying about Taylor Swift, just because I just want to put out there, there could be some people listening to this podcast who like BTS, but they're not necessarily like BTS is not like their number one, or they're just as passionate fans about someone else. And I think it's really hard for us, especially being new army to like understand that in terms of like understanding like that other people could feel the same way that we do about someone else. So that like, even when we're saying, well, we're doing this as a gift for BTS, like people could be feeling the same exact way for Ariana Grande or Taylor Swift. And so it's really hard to like relate to that. Cause it's like BTS to us is objectively the best, but other people may feel differently or they may like them more casually and stuff. And it's really like I said, I'm still trying to figure out what this all means for me because I've never been like this deep in a fandom. The closest thing again is in sync, but never this deep in a fandom where it's like, I just, you know, am a part of it at a deep level. And it's kind of like what you're saying. The way that I feel like this also ties back to what you're saying in terms of bringing Taylor Swift up again is because like I said, with her album with reputation, it kind of was about like a new phase of her life of like, after people have quit the bandwagon she was the hottest thing in the united states 1989 everybody loves taylor swift everybody's talking about taylor swift every um, big star in america is popping up on her tour randomly you know because they want to be a part of it and then after that said and done and she had her incident with kanye west it just felt like people were like okay we're kind of done or we don't really talk about her and she was left in the you know kind of in the dust the way that i think about this with bts and what you're saying about these fans like that's something that i do worry about and i know that's weird for us to worry about because we are newer fans too so some people can think that that's what's happening with us as well but, you know, I don't want them to be mainstream in the sense that people just like them because they are trendy and that they don't have this like genuine love that like we feel most for the most part. I feel like any army that we encounter feel the exact same way, which is why there's also such a strong connection within the army army typically because everybody kind of has this deep connection to them. And like we've said before, and other people who have listened to our podcast have echoed back to us that like you find BTS when you need them most. Like I had known about them in my life, but it wasn't until my mom died that I felt like they were really in my life and have been so important to me. And um, 
even in other moments that I have, as I'm still dealing with the grief um, of her passing and other very emotional moments, they do feel somewhat like, excuse me for my breaking of my voice, they do feel somewhat like guardian angels for me because they really do get me out of like a lot of negative feelings and just remind me of a lot of positivity. And I appreciate that so much. And because that they are able to do that, this fandom runs very deep for all of us that are in it as ARMY. But what you said is something that made me hesitant to even get into BTS or knowing that I could like go head over heels for them is that there are some negative things that come with being in a deeper relationship and a collective that's so big, so wide, so vast, and so diverse. And part of it is like these moments where people do see differently or do value things differently. And, you know, there are going to be like some, unfortunately, like negative people. And then it's hard to like not take that so personally when we take everything that BTS does and says so personally, because it means so much to us. So when people start to like attack that or not look at the bigger picture, like you said, that this is a bigger picture. They work in tandem with Big Hit. They probably obviously approve it. And maybe they want us to see these parts of them, to know them as people and not as these perfect icons, to know that they struggle and they're human and everything, but they still get up and they do things and to like completely miss the boat and think about it from like this, like really kind of like shallow area is like infuriating and you can get really like caught up in it. And so that was my long winded way of saying like, I understand like your frustration and there's other things. And, you know, I think being a fan, you have to really know your own self and your, I'm not saying this to you. I'm just saying this like as myself, your own boundaries and know like one, you can always block people. You can always mute people. And two, you can always take a step back from social media. If it starts to matter too much, I think there are some people, not everyone, but some people online who Everything, you know, like this is where a lot of the BTS fandom happens, right? Because we're all so spread out. We're all located all over the world. So like we come together online, primarily on like Twitter and platforms like that to commune with each other, to, you know, have conversations, to find people who feel just as passionately. But when that's all you're doing or all you're searching for, you can't like equate everybody with having the same opinion or everybody as being an army just because they have like they're like sheeps and wolf or they're like wolves and sheep's clothing you know so you have to just I don't know you just have to have very clear boundaries and step away from it so that you don't get caught up and maybe some of those people who are being so negative have just been too caught up in it and get too wrapped up in how they feel like things should be based on their own vision and now they're just like super negative. I don't even know. Yeah, I unfollowed a lot of people today and I realized how many people I have muted recently <laughs> because I want to be in it. I want to see what's going on because the majority of what I've experienced is good. And I try to keep myself from reading the comments, but sometimes you just can't help yourself. And, you know, or I'll go into something thinking like, oh, this should be fine. And then I read a couple comments. I'm like, wait, what are, what's going on? And then it just gets worse and worse and you get sucked in. And then that's when I have to pull myself out and be like, okay, mute all these people and go back on my merry little way of happy BTS. Um, 
because they've made my life better and they make my life happy. And I don't want to be stressed out and mad and upset of anything revolving around them. So yeah, I've, I've definitely been trying to do those things and it's been fine for a while actually. And then today it just, the, both of those things happened this morning. And so it was just like a double whammy of negativity and it just really bothered me because everyone, I don't know, you get that with everything. People think they can do it better, but then they don't back up their claims and I'm going to be like, hey, let me see some of your designs. Like, I would love to see if you can design better. Um, But people are never going to back up their claims. They hide behind their screens. And, you know, I just have to realize that and realize people maybe are just trying to get attention or are just, I don't know, maybe that's their real opinion. And that's that's fine. They're entitled to have that. But I don't have to read it. I don't have to look at it. I can mute them. I can step away. That's just that's what I've been trying to do. I mean, I agree with you. I think it's it's hard for me, too, to not, like, get caught up. Because, like, again, you just never know when something's going to come out of left field. And, again, because we care so much about BTS and we care about this fandom, you know, something – as a human being, we're going to have a reaction to these things. And so it's just – but it's hard because it's, like, you don't want to get caught up in the petty stuff. And you don't realize until, like, maybe after the fact that it's, like, oh, okay, you know, if I get some perspective and I step away from this – does this person's opinion really matter? You know, I totally also agree with the thing that people think that they can really tear things down, but not think about the process of creating it. And you and I've had this conversation a little bit privately, but like, I am a person who's a natural perfectionist and I'm realizing the older I get, and this is some good advice, especially for those of you who are younger and maybe perfectionists, the older I get, I realize that perfection is not real. Perfection keeps things in your mind and keeps things from being created and from being in the world for people to enjoy. Whereas sometimes good enough, sometimes just done is good. And you want to know why? Because it's real, because it actually exists. So in these people's minds, they can create better designs or whatever, but they're not actually doing it. And they're not thinking about the work and the time and energy it takes to be the graphic artist or to be the team or to be the artist, you know, behind all of this to make it actually come to fruition and to give us something that many people would want and have as a souvenir of their times to keep forever, right? And so it's so easy to bash things, but it's not so easy to actually put things out there. And a lot of the people who are the harshest critics out there are the ones that are the most afraid of actually doing something that would be real because they know that they'd get that same criticism back. And so I think people just need to be a little bit more empathetic and understanding when something's created and to focus more on the good stuff rather than the ways in which it lacks. And this is something that I have to remind myself every day. And it's something that I'm growing and learning now because I can get like that too. It's like, well, it could be better. It could be better. Why isn't it better? Why isn't this And you're looking at the world in a glass half empty thing, and you're not really taking the time to recognize, wow, look at the amazingness that has already come about. Look at what already is produced. And if I'm going to complain, then I need to do something about it. I think in anything in this world, like you need to take action. If you're going to not like something, then do something about it. Or maybe you should kind of, sorry, this sounds rude, but kind of shut up. And I'm saying that being one of those people myself sometimes, you know? 
yeah, definitely about the taking action part too. It's like, okay, you want to have your opinion, you want to voice it. If it's negative and you think you can do better, then do better. And I've struggled with that in the past, thinking that I needed to be right about certain things and, you know, realizing other people can be better than me at things and other people can know more than I do about a subject and just letting that go. And, you know, there's a lot of people who can't do that, think maybe they know more or know better for BTS. And you know what, if you think that, then try put out whatever you think is going to be better and send it to big hits, send it to BTS, put it out on Twitter, let other people see it, take action. Maybe your ideas are better. Who knows? Back up your claims and don't just sit there and say, you can do better, actually do it. That goes for anything. I mean, even applying it to your own life of thinking like, oh, I could do better than that, um, than someone else, like thinking it to yourself. Maybe you really can. Maybe you have a talent that you didn't know you had actually try it, try to do something and, and take action when you have a strong feeling and a strong urge about something um, that you care passionately about. I, you know, I've had nothing but great experiences like with ARMY that I've actually interacted with and met. I, you know, I can't say anything about bad about any true ARMY that I know because it's all been wonderful and great. You know, I'm so happy of all the people that I've met and talked to. So hopefully it's just people, you know, trying to stir up trouble and whatever. I didn't want to share a quote that has like been pretty good for me. And I found it through an author called Brené Brown. Um, Some of you out there might be familiar with her. She's had books on the New York times bestselling list. She's friends with Oprah. Um, (laughs) And she has this big, this book called Daring Greatly. And the title of the book kind of comes from this quote from Theodore Roosevelt, who is one of our presidents here in the United States back in the day. And here's the quote. And I just think it's just a great quote. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error or shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I thought it was like very powerful. I've known about that quote for a long time. And as you were talking about like some of this, the people in the fandom, that quote just kind of came to mind because it's like, yeah, those people who can say anything out of the side of their necks and who critique, which is a lot of what Twitter and social media is like, Mm -hmm. those aren't the opinions that matter. And we make them, we stop ourselves from doing things because we feel like that matters. But what matters is trying. What matters is actually getting out there and doing something and being a part of the solution and, you know, trying. And I feel like BTS are great representatives of that, not because they fail a lot or maybe they do and we just don't see it or notice it or whatever, but because like they take time to show us that like they're people, they're human with that, that encourages us to, share our own gifts more because if they can do it being normal guys which they say they are which doesn't really feel like it but if they're normal guys and can do it we can do it too 
So into other stuff <laughs> about this comeback. So we talked about them breaking records with YouTube and everything like that. Their album obviously is doing very well. It's gotten number one in several different countries, including here in the United States at the time of its release. I don't know. What what else is there to discuss? I guess just what's coming up um, with the comeback comes their tour. And I can't believe it's already here. The BBMAs are on Wednesday and they will be performing with Halsey for the first time live. So I'm really excited to see that and to see how they add her into the choreography and the stage and what they're wearing. And I'm, I'm so excited. They're up for not only the top social artists again this year, um, but for best group as well. So I am fingers crossed on that one. I know we've been voting like crazy for the top social artist so um hopefully that one's in the bag but i'm not gonna mark that one off the list until we actually get it but um i would love for them to get best best group um that would just solidify everything that's been happening and going on and and putting them down in the books as as a real deal um here in the states anyway I think culturally, like we were saying earlier, it just goes a long way in the States when you have stats. I think that's just something across the board, whether you're a music artist or you're just a normal person in life. Here, it's about like, what are your stats? What's your resume? You know, what can you point to that's a standard that people can understand? So it's not just enough to be like, oh, there's this K-pop group and they're great. But it's like, oh, these are things, these are milestones, these are markers that you can point to in helping other people to understand, accept, and embrace something that is very different for them. So, um, yeah, all this is very exciting, and I really hope that they actually win more than just the Top Social Award. Also, something about that, um, I know that there's been some stuff online about, like, how other fandoms are, like, well, armies must be cheating because they're running away with this but i think it kind of goes back to again what we were saying earlier which is like we as a fandom care about stuff like this this matters to us and we want to give it as a gift to them so other fandoms may not care as much or you know i don't i can't speak to the size of them but they might not be like oh i really want to give the bbma to this artist you know so um i just think that's interesting that like they point to us being like they must be cheating when really it's like no there's just like a lot of army that are very devoted to things like this there are i was just talking the other day there's actual twitter accounts of people that are like a collective group of people from all over the world that are devoted to literally just voting and streaming and there was one i was looking at the other day that was posting the the stats about the voting and I looked at their profile. It was like 200 plus army from all over the world dedicated to voting and streaming for BTS. So anytime there's an award show or there's a music video or, or a record to break, they have a team of people actually dedicated to doing this stuff. And I haven't done my research on it, but I know in the States anyway, there's definitely not any fandoms that do that for, for artists. I don't know about K-pop. There might be for other K-pop groups, but they I don't think their fandoms are as large as us either so when you get that many people that have their mindset on something like just because we have an 11 million plus voting gap doesn't mean we're cheating it just means we're doing our job and we're out there trying to get this award for BTS 
But I think there's just people that are like so surprised by that. They're like, there's no way they can have that large of a gap. It's like, well, you know, join the army and you'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you'll understand it once you're in it. And I think it's like what you said, like one of the first things that we observed in joining this and like going down this path is how organized you know, the army was like when we saw them in the audience, I, I, I remember them chanting and like them, you know, moving their army bombs and synchronicity. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> I was like, um, I've never seen anything like this and I've never understood anything like this. And I think traditionally, at least in the United States, because that's the cultural lens that we're coming from. Traditionally, being a fan is very much an individual thing. Like, like, yeah, you like things and maybe you might share it with a friend or two, maybe. But for the most part, you enjoy what you enjoy as an individual. And that's what it is. And the Army, again, has opened our eyes to this big collective. So I feel like when things like the Grammys were happening, it wasn't, even though I was on my own, in a sense, you know, from my own house, my own couch, you know, and whatever, experiencing it, I felt like I was experiencing it with a ton of other people. And I got their commentary. And it's always so fun to see your thoughts and feelings reflected back as well to share in the same points of view with other army. And um, like I said, in other fandoms, I didn't really have that. I knew that other people loved NSYNC. Um, I enjoyed Taylor Swift on my own, but I feel like a part of something greater with ARMY. And it feels like, again, a shared experience that we're all having. Yes. And I can't, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to experience that in person with 80,000 other people with our ARMY bombs in a stadium watching BTS in front of us. Like that was one of my biggest things. Like seeing fan cams and seeing just like a sea of army with their army bombs. I want to experience that. Obviously I want to see BTS in person, but I want to experience all of us together singing their songs. And like, you're in a room full of people, a room, you're in a stadium (laughs) full of people who share the same love for the seven guys that are on stage as you do. And I just, I can't wait to look out because we're in the stands for LA. Like I just, I'm really glad actually, because I want to be, I want to have that experience and look out and see everything and see everyone and color and how the army bombs change. And I just think it's, it's going to be an experience unlike any other. I mean, I'm so excited for that too, for so many parts of it, but I want to talk right now about the army part of it, because like I, one of my favorite things to do is to watch people's reactions to BTS um, videos, choreography, whatever it is online. And it's going to be really fun to react and share with people around me who feel the same way, who are singing all the lyrics. Okay, I won't be singing them correctly, but who are (laughs) singing along with the songs and just feel the same way. Like, like we said, we haven't experienced that except for a little bit with Burn the Stage and with the Love Yourself Soul, which we're so grateful for. But this is going to be on another level. And when we watch those fan cams online, like I feel goosebumps just like watching them through the lens of someone's camera at a concert. So I honestly don't really even know what I'm going to feel like at the show. I think this is also a good time to remind you guys that we are doing this giveaway. Like I did end up buying these extra tickets and I'd really like them to go out to 
a listener. So we have some extra tickets for the Chicago show, um, day two, and we have some extra tickets for day two in LA. So if you, for whatever reason, maybe you're a grad student or a college student and you couldn't afford it, at least not with the ticket prices, um, you should enter our our little giveaway. Um, All you have to do again is just submit a review, um, a five-star review and screenshot it from any platform that you listen to this, whether it's Google um, Play, uh, whether it's Google, Spotify, or the iTunes store, and then just send us a little thing saying like why you want to go to the show and what BTS means to you. I mean, we're going to pick from those people who send us anything. So please, like if you want to go to these concerts, here's your chance. We want to give these to a listener who you know we know loves BTS just as us, uh, just as much as us. So please do that. But anyway, what I wanted to say like is, yeah, we're just getting prepared for the concert. I'm trying to go over my list of everything. Um, I'm trying to get my clear bag together. <laughs> and Oh, I saw something funny today. I forgot to send it to you. Someone tweeted um, the actual bag that you're getting that you sent me because I also I think Haley got the exact same bag. Uh, someone said, is every single person at this concert going to be walking it with this bag? I'm like, yep, because I know at least two people who already bought this bag. Well, actually, um, I'm not because they sent me an email oh. today and they were like, sorry, we've run out of this and we cannot Are you the order because every BTS fan is wanting that bag. So they said they had to refund me. And now I'm like, oh, no, because now I'm behind the eight ball. I thought I was ahead of the game. Now I'm behind it. So I had to go online. I'm like, I hope a whole bunch of BTS fans didn't swarm on all these other ones, too. And then I won't have I'll be going in Ziploc, you know, (laughs) which does not have straps. Like, what am I supposed to do? Put some shoestrings onto it to make like a bag? Please Um, do. (laughs) I'll be looking real styling. Um, Also, you'll be able to spot me because I'll have my Ziploc baggie and I'll have this wide brimmed. Uh, straw hat because <laughs> oh we're gonna be something else and you're gonna be next to me in my outfit so <laughs> we're gonna be a hot mess express so be sure to meet us but um no so I had to get a new clear bag so I just ordered it um and hopefully this one you know will not run out or at least if it runs out not on me <laughs> please send me my bag yeah but I think the thing is, is that the people put BTS in the description so I yep. think a lot of people really gravitated towards that but just so you guys know there are like strict requi- requirements in a lot of the stadiums that these tours are happening at where you can only bring in clear like bags and there's a lot of things you can't bring in so it's just like a lot of trying to prepare and Molly and I were talking earlier this week, too, about, like, how is all this going to go? What are the logistics? Do we want to drive? Do we want to Uber or Lyft over? Do we want to walk from I don't know where? But <laughs> it's um, do we want to eat before the show? Do we want to eat after? There's a lot of things happening. And apparently there's this thing called Fan Fest that's happening starting at 1 p.m. in the parking lot. But I'm like, the show starts at 7.30, so I'm not trying to be there that early. <laughs> That's a long day. A long day in the sun. There's like no yeah, shade. That's a really long day. But if you are going, you know, pace yourself. Don't get burnt out. Don't 
think you have to be there all day because you want to enjoy the show. You don't want to be out in the sun all day and get exhausted and dehydrated and then not be able to enjoy the show. Um, the only good thing that I'm excited about, it's going to be pretty cool in LA um, and it'll be outdoors. So it'll be, it's not going to be really hot. So I'm, I'm actually really excited for the weather. Um, so for them and for all the fans, well, there'll be so many people packed in there. Um, and at least it'll be cool enough that it's not going to be, we're not going to get overheated, but make sure if you are going, you know, eat something, stay hydrated, take sunscreen, take all the precautions. Um, do you want, you don't want to get sick. You don't want to get sunburned. You don't want to pass out. Think about all these things, uh, beforehand. Also, I wanted to say like, Back to the army being organized and everything. One of the first things that I also saw on YouTube is that like at a concert in Seoul, this girl had put together free goodie bags and she was just giving them to fans. And then I found out that that wasn't just like this anomaly, that it's something that a lot of the um, a lot of the army just does is like when they go to concerts, they give. Um, things away to other fans. So we're also going to be participating in this tradition, which is why you also should try to make time to see us before the show, because we're we're going to be giving out little photo cards. So um, it's going to be fun to kind of really participate in this. And like, I don't know, it's so funny to think that only, you know, what, seven months ago or so, seven, eight months ago, we didn't really know about BTS and we weren't ARMY. And now it just feels so natural. <laughs> it does and it, it's I'm excited I'm excited to be there with so many other army and get to meet so many people it's gonna be so much fun and we can't wait to see you guys please if you haven't contacted us already and you know you just weren't sure or you're nervous about meeting new people you're socially awkward so are we don't worry um <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Just come. What, it is. Um, go to the website, uh, btspod.com. Look at the information uh, that we're going to put out about meeting us. And you don't have to, you know, you don't have to tell us. Just come up and meet us and come say hi. You won't be able to miss us for sure. We, you know, we want to meet you guys. We love meeting new people, both of us. We're just, we're so excited. And I can't believe it's this weekend. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. So, yeah. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. We don't know after this point <laughs> what our episodes are going to sound or look like. Hopefully, we'll, you'll have something about the concerts at some point. We don't know when that will be. So just stay tuned um, because we definitely want to talk about each concert kind of individually. But we're also in for the next three weekends of BTS concerts. <laughs> I cannot believe. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'm speechless. Like I can't even, I don't even have coherent thoughts right now about it. Well, that's what our podcasts after the concerts are going to sound like, especially the first one. I really want to see how like we feel after like that very first time of like, what's it like and everything like that. And also I'm going to try to record for myself, my own reactions to like when they first come out on stage and depending on how cringeworthy they are, <laughs> I will um, maybe share some of the audio on here because, oh, something we didn't talk about, which I think now is a good time. Speaking of cringeworthy, we didn't talk about the SNL performances. And as you all know, I am the biggest fan on the face of the planet 
of Mic Drop. And that is the song that they chose to perform for their second. And just to get back into that mindset, because I know we've talked a lot about like this comeback, and that's like a long time ago at this point now. But at that point, we were like, what song are they going to perform for their second song on SNL? We know the, we knew they would do two because that's how every artist does it. So we didn't know what was coming up. And then they came out and they performed Mic Drop. And I lost my ever-loving mind. I didn't know that they would even perform that like live as like a main performance. And Molly, didn't I send, I think I sent like my live reaction to you, didn't I? <laughs> I think you did. Yeah. It was a mess. It was like, because like I've reacted to things before, but I wasn't expecting mic drop. So like she has like the whole, like, I don't know, maybe you should describe it. I don't even know. It was amazing. And it was so good that I told her she should start a YouTube reaction channel. That's how good it was. (laughs) It was was so organic and You know, a lot of the videos, I feel like, have been things that, I think we talked about this too, that they've already been things that have come out. They're things people have already reacted to. But watching a lot of this stuff live, it's the first time anyone is seeing it. And so you have a much more organic reaction to it because you haven't heard things about it. You haven't seen things about it. And no one knew what this other performance was going to be. And yeah, she, she lost it. And it was, it was great. I was not composed in any way, shape, or form. Because, again, like, if I know what's coming up, like, oh, Boy With Love, okay, I can watch this, like, da 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 But, like, I was not expecting a mic drop, so, like, I just had, like, a, I, I, a lot of it's just me being like, ha, ah, ah, ha, ah, ah, ha, um, the whole time. And um, maybe at some point I'll find the video and we'll include it as, like, an extra bonus somewhere on, like, the website or something somewhere down the road for you guys to enjoy because it is a hot mess. But that was, like, a great indication to me of what is probably going to happen at the concert, and it's going to be very, very, very embarrassing. But I'll try to record some of that for you guys. Because why not? <laughs> I will too. Um, I might have to censor mine. So, what are you gonna be yelling? Like, are you gonna be throwing like old? Not old. Never mind. I'm not gonna say that for the podcast. <laughs> I don't know what's gonna come out of my mouth, so it might it might have to be censored. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't know how I'm gonna react, so I should probably record myself too. And each time it's going to be like kind of crazy and different because we're in different, way different seats every single time. So it's going to be so different and I have no idea what to expect, but I do expect a good time, a good show, lots of memories, lots of laughter. And I honestly, I honestly kid you not, it really, I, I know we've said this 80 million times, but like, I don't understand that we're going to this concert in a few days no like my bags are packed already and I still don't I don't leave for like four days and yeah I don't leave for four days and my bags are already packed but it still hasn't hit me like I'll be on the plane and it's not gonna hit me until I walk in and I I don't think it's even gonna hit me until like they come out on stage yeah and then I pass out and miss the whole concert yep same So good luck to us. (laughs) May the odds be ever in our favor. (laughs) Yeah, like 
that's it. So again, go to our website, btyespod.com for all of the details on meeting us at um, any of the shows that we're going to. We'll also list which ones those are, which are most of them, except for Chicago Day One. Um, And also the chance to win the free tickets, which are for LA Day Two and for Chicago Day Two, um, and all the details around that. So... We look forward to meeting and or hearing from you guys. Yay, I'm so excited. Alrighty, so I guess until next time, why say no when you can say B T Yes. Yes, see you at the concert. Yay, bye. See you in LA. Mm-hmm.